Hey guys, my name is Johnny Artavanis and this is Dial In. In this episode, we cover John chapter 18, verses 1 through 14. Let's dial in. John chapter 18, verses 1 through 14. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the brook Kidron, where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas, having procured a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him, came forward and said to him, Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. So he asked them again, Whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you seek me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken. Of those whom you have given me, I have lost not one. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? So the band of soldiers and their captain and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. First they led him to Annas, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had advised the Jews that it would be expedient that one man should die for the people. At the beginning of chapter 17, Jesus had said, Father, the hour has come. This is a familiar term to us by now if you've been following along. This is the hour of his death and humiliation. Now let's recall the purpose for John's writing of this gospel. He tells us in chapter 20, verse 31, he says, These things have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. John's purpose for writing is that you would believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is God. And as we approach the death of Christ, keep in mind, as Jesus goes to the cross, he is not a victim of man's plans. He is the orchestrator of his own death, and he knows he must die for sin. Here in chapter 18, there is a confluence of Satan's plot to kill Jesus and God's plan to kill Jesus. Both are intent on the death of Jesus, but for two completely different reasons. Satan's plan is to let evil reign, and God's plan is to pour out his wrath towards sin on his one and only sinless son. God's plan ultimately will win, and we will see that in the chapters to come as Jesus rises from the grave. Back in verse 1 of chapter 18, it says, He went forth into the garden. This is Jesus' resolve to go to the spot where he knew he was going to be betrayed. Think about this. Jesus is moving towards his own death. He is undaunted. He is unhesitating. He leaves Jerusalem and goes down the slope into a ravine where the Kidron Brook runs. And as he crosses that brook, there would have been blood from all of the Passover lambs running through it as he enters the Garden of Gethsemane where he would be arrested and killed by men to be the final Passover lamb. Jesus wasn't hiding in this garden. Everyone knew that this was his spot. At the end of the seventh chapter of John, after Jesus has a conversation with the crowd, it says that everyone went to his own home. And in chapter eight, verse one, it says Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Luke tells us in Luke 21, 37, that during the day, Jesus would teach in the temple and at night he would go spend the night on the Mount that is called Olivet. 
Everyone knew this was Jesus' spot. Jesus knew that Judas would find him here in this garden. He is not eluding him. Verse 2 says that Judas already knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. In chapter 13, Jesus told Judas, go and do what you are about to do, and Judas will know where to find him. Jesus is not a victim. He moved towards his betrayal resolutely. He moved towards his arrest. He moves towards his execution and his crucifixion. He is not being manipulated or trapped or tricked by men's plans. He is not surprised by anything. Back in John 10, Jesus had said, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down on my own accord. I lay it down. In verse 3, it says that Judas, having procured a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priest, went to the spot where Jesus was at with lanterns and torches and weapons. Okay, so you got lanterns, torches, and weapons and soldiers. In Matthew 26, 47, it says, a great multitude came with swords and spears and clubs. This was a group armed to the teeth. Now, a couple things I want to explain and define, and then I want you to imagine this scene with me. This is not a group of bullies coming to get Jesus. They're not sneaking into this garden. No, the passage says that this is a cohort. A cohort is 600 soldiers. And then on top of that, you have the temple police, which could have consisted of roughly 300 armed men. This is a group of roughly a thousand soldiers coming down the slope of the Kidron Valley and into the garden, and Jesus and the disciples would have seen these men coming from a distance. They would have heard them coming from a distance, the clanging of weapons, the flame of the torches, and Jesus and the disciples are watching them come to arrest Jesus. This is amazing. A full army is coming to arrest a Galilean carpenter. They are testifying of his power and of his deity during his very arrest. They know his power. Then we see this power on display immediately in verse 4. Jesus moves towards them in verse 4 and asks, Whom do you seek? They answer him, Jesus, the Nazarene. And he says to them, Ego and me, which means I am. This is the name of God. He says this, I am. And all of the soldiers fall to the ground. This is amazing. Hundreds of soldiers trained, equipped with armor and weapons buckle at the power of Jesus's voice. It reminds me of Psalm 29, verse four and five. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. And here, the voice of the Lord that created heaven and earth brings this army to the ground like dominoes. But Jesus allows them to go forward with their plan of arrest. They had tried to arrest him before, but here Jesus allows them to take him. Why? Because it was Jesus' plan. It was his plan to be arrested. It was his plan to be crucified. Jesus is obeying the Father perfectly. Jesus asks the soldiers again who they want, and they say, Jesus. And Jesus responds this time, I am. I'm your guy. I'm him, but let these other men go. At this, they come to arrest him. Peter takes out a dagger, cuts off the ear of Malchus, but Jesus stops Peter and heals this man's ear. Jesus had previously said, my kingdom is not of this world. Otherwise, my servants would fight. Jesus could have called down a army of angels that could have eviscerated this group in a second, but Jesus is dying voluntarily. 
Jesus makes no attempt to flee or to fight, but like a sheep that is silent before it shears, Jesus goes to his meeting with death. Stay dialed in.